0: Good morning, home church. So that was a good word from Barbie this morning. Obviously it's from God and Barbie gave it and I really appreciate that. But I just want to say the devil's at work and he's been at work pretty mightily over the past couple weeks. As you can see, you look at the auditorium. There's not a whole lot of people in this auditorium today. There's probably a lot watching online. Thank you so much for watching and joining us today. But there are a lot of families that are sick with COVID right now. There's people that we know. And unfortunately, I have the news to pass on that David Choat, a long-time and faithful member of our congregation, has passed away yesterday. So what we need to do is we need to lift up that family, Catherine and, and the family, but also we need to lift up our church because Jesus is alive today, and he is not going to stand for this, and neither am I. These attacks that are coming from the enemy will not prevail against the church. So if you would, I want to go ahead and pray over the Choa family, over the families in this church who are affected by COVID, but also uh, our police officer who's out in the lobby right now, Eric Ishmael. His dad is in the hospital trying to recover from COVID and is having a hard time breathing. So I want to make sure we lift up his family as well. Um, This has just been a week, let me tell you. Here we go. So Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you, Father, for all that you're doing in our lives. We know that the enemy is trying its darnest to take the church out, to keep us from moving forward, but Father, we declare right now that the gates of hell will not prevail against us because we are the church. So Father, we thank you for the Choate family. We just pray right now comfort and peace over Catherine and her children as they are dealing with this tragic loss of David. Father, we know he was a warrior for Christ. We know he was faithful, he served you well, and we know that the rewards are stacked high in heaven for him. We thank you that he's with Jesus right now. But Father, we thank you for also for Eric and for his dad, that by Jesus' stripes, his dad is healed. For those that are affected with COVID right now, Father, that by Jesus' stripes, they were healed. And Father, I believe today, as we're moving forward in in this service, that those that are here and those that are watching online, if they need healing, that by Jesus' stripes, they were healed. And Father, we just thank you for this right now. We count it done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So last week I began a brand new series for the year 2022, starting off the year right with something called Extraordinary Things. And what I want to read from you is a passage in Matthew chapter 16 that's going to kind of set the table. Because last week I talked about how we as the church need to have an extraordinary mind. And as I was going through my sermon prep for today, I came across this passage because I'm already thinking about next Sunday and the Sunday after that. I'm moving through Easter, what's coming up here in the next few months. And so I'm actually starting to kind of get ahead a little bit. And I give God the glory for that because I'm excited about the things that he's revealing to me and the things that I want to share with you. So Matthew chapter 16, if you would begin with me in verse 21, if you have a Bible with you, If you have an app on your phone that you can follow along. And here we go. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed. And on the third day, be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord. This shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Last week, what I talked about was we need to have an extraordinary mind. That extraordinary mind is at the level of God. His ways and his thoughts are much higher than my ways and my thoughts. His word is where my mind should be on. And the kind of faith that Peter is exhibiting here when he says, that Lord, you should not go and die and rise, is what the thinking is of this world. That's the level of the thinking that we cannot be on because when it is, then as Jesus said, it's a hindrance to me. Barbie said it perfectly up here. The thing that drives God to move, the one thing is faith. It is the mind of Christ, but it's also faith, which is what I'm going to talk about today. So we can no longer have our mind set on the things of man. Those are the things last week I talked about, right? Food, our bodies, clothing, our life. These are the things that the world thinks about. These are the, wor- the things that the world preaches on. That's their gospel, is that whatever makes you feel good, whatever makes you feel right, that's what you gotta do. You lead your own life, you make your own path. Those are the things that the world thinks about. As Peter was trying to say here, That you can't do that, Lord. You cannot go to the cross and die. You cannot be raised from the dead. And Jesus said, get that thinking behind me. That's the thinking of the world. That's the thinking of the devil. So we have to have the mind of Christ. We have to have an extraordinary mind. That's God's mind before extraordinary things can happen. So moving on with what I'm going to talk about today, about faith. If you would turn to Matthew chapter 17 so just one chapter over and this is what I started with last week in my introduction but I want to revisit this because I believe what is said here what Jesus says is defining our generation so here we go beginning in verse 14 and when they came to the crowd that's the disciples a man came up generation that was said 2000 years ago that can be applied right now why were the disciples faithless and twisted what was going on i'm going to talk about that here in a minute because i believe we as a church are guilty of it we are does this define the church are we faithless and twisted And I think as the church, especially the non-denominational, the charismatic church, I think we're somewhat in this category. Let me read on and let me explain why. So when Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him, and the boy was healed instantly. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? He said to them, because of your little faith, twisted faith, faithless faith faith. For truly, I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, and you will say to the mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. What kind of faith is he talking about? Faith that moves mountains. It's extraordinary faith. It's faith in only what God can do. It's not anything we can do. So why do the disciples have little faith? Why do I believe the church has little faith? It's because we've gotten so used to seeing God move. We've got so used to God using us to move, for God using us to preach his word, for God using us to heal the sick, for God using us to serve him, for God using us to volunteer in the church and give us the strength that that we're so used to us doing it that we forget the object of our faith. The fact that God is the one that's doing it. It's not us. It has nothing to do with us. And let me tell you something I've learned that after a year of pastor in this church it has nothing to do with my ability whatsoever. It has nothing to do with whether or not I'm holier than thou or whether or not I'm living one million percent for God. It has everything to do with the fact that Jesus is the object of my attention. Jesus is the reason why I have anything in me that can do anything that benefits the kingdom. The little faith that Jesus is talking about here is the faith that God can do the impossible. Not that me, not that you can do the impossible. We are a conduit for God to move through the only thing we need is mustard seed level faith faith that God can actually move that mountain cast it into the sea all I have to do is believe so the mountain back in those days was a proverbial way of saying the impossible so what is your mountain today is it healing do you need it What is your mountain today? What is it that you need mustard seed faith for that's going to move that mountain and throw it into the seat? So what does a mustard seed look like? Well, all of you should have a mustard seed. If not, I'm sorry. Um, We were handing them out as you were coming in. But that is the size of a mustard seed. Small, extremely small. Jesus had a reason for mentioning it in the Bible, in this verse that we just read. He, he mentioned it because this thing turns into a 40 to 60 foot bush that produces more mustard seeds. And these mustard seeds were used back in the day. So I, I did some research on it because I actually love mustard. And I wanted to see what is this all about, right? So the Egyptians thousands of years ago and the Romans... Use mustard seed. They would crush the seed into a powder and then mix it in vinegar. And then they would use it to cover the taste of the rotten meat. To make it taste... So as you're throwing some mustard on your hot dog, think about that. Are you, do you really like the hot dog or do you just like the mustard on the hot dog? So that to me is amazing. Something so small produces something so great that here we are thousands of years later and we're using mustard to cover the horrible taste of cheap fast food hamburgers and hot dogs and whatever else you want to put it on. That is being used globally. Something so small can be used for such a massive thing. That's what our mustard seed faith in God doing the impossible can do. It's the same faith that the angel Gabriel, as we just celebrated Christmas, came to Mary and and told her that she was going to give birth to the Savior of the world through the virgin birth. And Gabriel said, as Mary was like, well, how can this be? Gabriel said, well, with God, nothing is impossible. It's the same kind of faith that we need to have to see miracles move in our life, to see things happen in this church that we're going to see. And I believe not just in our church, but any church that preaches the gospel. So, with that, let's pray. So, Father, I just want to thank you for everything that you have on my heart today to say. Father, I'm asking you to help me to slow down to make sure that I get it all out there, what you want me to say, Father. I thank you that today, hearts are going to be open to receive minds are going to receive your your mind they're going to receive that mustard seed level of faith father that you're going to you're going to stoke it up in them that it's going to be like a roaring fire within them father today i believe that this is going to set people free and that we're going to see miracle signs and wonders happen in this place and those that are watching online as well father i just thank you so much for that right now in jesus name amen Amen. so the next part i want to go to is in luke chapter 5 you want to turn to Luke chapter 5 I'm going to give you an example of uh, of faith mustard seed faith that I've been referring to and I think it's interesting um, those of you who are iPhone users how many iPhone users did I have in here today yeah okay let me just tell you something how many Android phone users did I have in here today yeah I'm sorry So you're actually holding an Android phone because the iPhone was invented, just so you know. And so I read an article just recently that 15 years ago this year is when Steve Jobs came out on a stage and launched the iPhone. He introduced it to the world, and it has changed literally the world forever, right? And what you don't know about that is that when he came out on the stage with the phone, it wasn't actually working yet. They hadn't figured it all out yet. They were actually doing things behind the scenes to make it look like it was working as he was doing it on the, on the screens and, and in front of the world. He had to have some level of faith coming out that this phone was actually gonna work and that it was, in true, gonna change the world. And that's incredible faith. But see, I think whenever you pull out your phone, and this is something I want you to remember, and you see it working, that somebody had to have faith that that was going to work. And what I'm talking about today is a level of faith, again, that the fact that that God can only do certain things, and that he's going to do it in my life. I need you to think about faith on that level, because it's greater faith than what Steve Jobs was thinking about when he was on the stage in front of the world trying to launch a phone that doesn't work at the time. Because the faith that we're going to have is faith in things that only God can do. And so I'm going to go through Luke chapter 5, and I'm going to break this down because this really exemplifies what I see in the church. Whether you're a believer or an unbeliever, whether you're watching online and you're watching for the very first time a church service, I want you to get these things that I'm talking about into your heart. Because as we move forward as a church, this is exactly what I want to see. So let's begin in verse 17. If you have the ESV translation, you will see a subheading. that says, Jesus Jesus heals a paralytic. So beginning in verse 17, on one of those days. I'm going to stop right there. How many of you go home, whether husband or wife, that works... You come home and your spouse says, hey, honey, how was your day? And you say, I've had one of those days. (laughs) Yes, believe it or not, I do that. Yes, Lisa, I've had one of those days. One of those days is not referring to one of those days. One of those days is referring to days like the lepers being healed, the dead being raised, the blind man seeing, The fever gone from Peter's mom. Centurion servant healed. That's one of those days that we're referring to here, that that Luke is referring to here. On one of those days as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. Pharisees and the Sadducees. These were people that were unbelievers. These were the naysayers. These were the ones that were coming to see Jesus to try to trip him up. And here they come from every village all around the surrounding area. They're basically coming to church. This is the kind of church, believe it or not, that I want. I want to see naysayers and unbelievers pack this place out. Because this is where God is going to move. And I want to show you how, in the midst of unbelievers, that Jesus is going to perform this mighty miracle that we're about to see. It goes on. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. Point one of Jesus is God. That the power of God is on him to do the impossible. The power of God is on him to heal. But see, that's not the only thing that makes Jesus God. Because back in those days, they used to have all kinds of crazy things going on that people would walk away thinking they were healed. So there had to be a lot more than just power to heal somebody for people to believe that this truly was God. And we're going to see that here in a minute. And in verse 18, Behold, some men. I love this. Because what? God needs, what God desires to do a miracle, is faith. So here's Jesus teaching to a bunch of people that had no faith. So he needed somebody to come in with faith. Well, behold, here comes some men. And what were they doing? They were bringing the impossible with them. Their friend, a man, who was paralyzed. And they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. Jesus. This is awesome. These men brought faith with them. These men probably brought their friend to a priest. And that priest could not heal that man. So their faith essentially is moving from faith in the law to faith in the Son of God, Jesus Christ himself. So what do you think drove them to this little house in the middle of nowhere. They heard. They heard the stories. They heard of Jesus healing all these people. The story before this one is Jesus cleanses a leper. They heard that. I guarantee you that the word got out. See, that's why it's so important that God does miracles so that we see them, we experience them, not just for ourselves, but we see other people experience them as well so that we go out and we tell people And then the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the naysayers and the unbelievers, they start coming to church. That's why it's so important that these things happen here or any other God-fearing gospel-preaching church. Because we need to drive them in here. Especially now when there's so many people afraid of this pandemic. This is crucial, critical that this happens. So these men, they hear about Jesus... They hear about all the things that he's doing. And now they've made the journey. And not just walking, but carrying their friend who is paralyzed on a stretcher. So what did they do? They were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. It's very symbolic. Instead of laying him before a priest, which they tried and it didn't work, now they knew they had that knowing. They had that mustard seed faith that now they've got to lay him before Jesus. So what do they do? Verse 19, but finding no way to bring him in. I'm going to stop there. There was no way to get in. The home was packed. There was no way to get in. Can you just imagine what that would be like? A church being completely packed out that it's literally impossible for somebody to come in. There was no way, but these men found a way. They found a way. How many people are at home right now because the weather is too cold? I'm just saying. These men found a way. What was the way? They went up on the roof and let him down with his bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus. Can you imagine this? So here's Jesus preaching, preaching a bunch of naysayers, people trying to trip him up. And all of a sudden, this welcome interruption happens. The roof begins to open up, and these two guys are lowering their friend that's paralyzed on a mat right before him. Man, I can see all of the Pharisees sitting out there annoyed. Wondering, why is this happening? They're interrupting our criticizing. They're interrupting our unbelief. So he's being lowered right before Jesus. And what does it say? Verse 20. And when Jesus saw their faith. See, faith is so visible, right? Right? You can see it. You can see it in the eyes of the person. Jesus, because he is God, can see their hearts. See, this must have been a welcoming thing for him because all he's been looking at is unbelief until they showed up and began to lower their friend. And all of a sudden, he sees faith. And now he's thinking, I see their faith, and now I can move. I can move in a powerful way. They can wipe out this unbelief that's stirring around in here. He saw it as much as he saw the Pharisees' unbelief. He could see the faith of these men. This is what he said. Man, your sins are forgiven you. This is awesome. Because this is the second reason why Jesus is God. Because not only can he heal the sick and do a miracle, but he has the power to forgive sins. Only he has the power to forgive sins. And when he said this, oh, here we go. Let's take a look what the Pharisees do, man. They go nuts, right? So when the scribes and the Pharisees begin to question, saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive but sins but God alone? Right. He is God alone. He's the one that can forgive sins. He's the one that heals miraculously. Put those two things together. Hello, he is God. Verse 24. I'm sorry, verse 22. When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them. Why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven you or to say, rise and walk. Church, this phrase blew up in me when I read it the other day. Blew up in me. What is easier? That I can forgive sins or I can heal somebody miraculously. You know what this points out? that everyone that's in this room right now that's in Christ, those of you that are watching online that are in Christ, you have the same faith. You have the faith that Jesus was talking about that's mustard seed because you believe that Jesus saved you. You believe that he forgave your sins. That's the same faith that's needed to believe that you can be healed of whatever it is that you're going through. You already have the faith. You've already experienced that. You've already shown that. God has already seen your faith because you placed your faith in Jesus. You have it. The fact that you walked into this building today requires faith. And you all get kudos because you came when it's 20 degrees outside in a light dusting of snow. You're here. You're showing faith. My question is, what is your faith in right now? Is your faith in me, that somehow I'm gonna deliver a good word, or I'm gonna lay hands on you and you're gonna get healed? I hope not. Is your faith in the fact that, hey, we're gonna hear some pretty good worship today? I hope not. See, it's exactly what Barbie said today, her word was so timely, that our faith has to be in Jesus. It has to be expectant that he's gonna move. He has to be the object of what we're worshiping and what we're expecting to move. It's not me. It's not the prayer team. It's not Jeff Jackson, my associate pastor. It's not Pastor Elijah, the youth pastor. No, we're vessels. We're being used by God to deliver the word and his power. It's Jesus. You've exemplified the faith. You already have it. You've already proven to God that you can think on that level and believe on that level, that you have an extraordinary mind and that you have extraordinary faith because it's all God-given. You've got it. So now you've got to exercise it, like we talked about a few weeks ago during Christmas, how Mary exercised her faith. It's a matter of putting action to the words. And when you all come rolling in here on a Sunday morning, then the expectation has got to be That God is going to move. So he said, why do you question in your hearts, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise and walk? Verse 24, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He's prefacing the fact he's about to do the miracle. Okay, so that you know that I am the Son of God, that I am the Messiah, that I am the Christ, that I am the one that you've been believing for for hundreds, almost thousands of years. What you have seen in front of you right now, me preaching you, the unbelievers, is the Son of God so that you may know that I am who is speaking. I'm about to do this. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, Rise, pick up your bed, and go home. Verse 25. And immediately, not three days from now, not a week later, not a year later, immediately. See, the faith was already there. God had the perfect storm. Faith from these two men, lowering their friend, unbelief from a bunch of people in that room. He had everything he needed to show that he is the Son of God and to do the miracle. So immediately he rose up before them and picked up what had been lying, lying on and went home glorifying God. When we leave church every Sunday or whenever it is that we find ourselves in church, I pray, I hope that you go home glorifying God. And let me tell you something. When stuff begins to happen, extraordinary things begin to happen, and God begins to move in this place, you will go home glorifying God. I.e., the reason why miracles happen is because God is glorified. Because our faith is His faith. Our faith is on the level of what he needs, and all it is, is a mustard seed. That's it. He will be glorified. That is why the devil can't win. That is why COVID is not going to take the church out. That is why whatever it is that you're afflicted with, whatever it is you need healing for, whatever it is you're going through, he's got to come through because he's all about his glory. And he is all about pointing out how his son Jesus died on the cross for that. How his son Jesus bore the stripes on his back for that. How his son Jesus raised from the dead. For whatever it is you're going through, he is the God of the impossible. And he does do the impossible now and forever. Amen. So it continues, verse 26. And amazement seized them all, and they glorified God, and were filled with awe, saying, we have seen extraordinary things today. There it is. That's the inspiration for this series. We are going to glorify God because we have seen, we have seen extraordinary things, church. Can we get excited about that? If you're online and watching at home, I need to hear you hooting and hollering in your living room or in your bedroom, wherever you're at. We are going to see extraordinary things. The time is now. The stage is set. There are so many unbelievers that are watching the church right now. There's a pandemic going on. There's a bunch of craziness going on. Everybody's watching the church. The stage is set. All we need is that little seed of faith and we've already shown that we have it. The time is now. If everybody would stand. Jesus has the ability to forgive sins, because he is God. If there is somebody in here or watching online That has not yet received him. Now is the time. That's extraordinary thing number one. Because any hand that goes up, anybody that admits that I'm a sinner and I need to be forgiven, I need to be saved by the only one who can save me, that's Jesus. That's extraordinary. And we will celebrate with you. Because in this room is a bunch of hypocrites. We're a bunch of people who have sinned, and yes, still occasionally do sin. There's not one person here that is perfect. The only reason why we are pure like the wind-driven snow is because Jesus has washed us clean of our sins, because we have put our faith and trust in him. It's not because we did anything great. It's not because we're perfect. It's not because we did good works. It's none of that. That's a lie from the devil, the only way the only reason why you're saved is because you've placed your faith in Jesus. It's for by grace, we are saved through faith. It's not of our works. And the reason for that is because if we boast about our works, then we're giving ourselves the glory. We're not giving God the glory. It has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with that mustard seed faith. Say, so yes, I believe. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe that three days later, he raised from the dead. He is alive today. We serve the one true living God. He's the only God that's alive. The only God. Because the other gods don't exist. They're not God. If that's you today, and you need to take a step, and your step today in extraordinary things is to receive Jesus and be saved know that you have a place in heaven know that your sins are forgiven Then what I'm going to ask you to do today is raise your hand and be bold and I will pray for you and we will rejoice with you If that's you that's watching online put a comment in the comment section and we will pray for you is there anybody in this room that needs to take that first step no condemnation, no judgment here. Just complete joy if you do that. Maybe today you know that the only reason why God is going to be able to use you, the only reason why you can be a powerful witness is because you need to be filled or baptized with the Holy Spirit. This is another step that we can take. This is another extraordinary thing placing our faith that God is going to send us the Holy Spirit to give us the power to be a powerful witness for Jesus. And the evidence of that is speaking in other tongues. You might have heard somebody speaking in tongues next to you today. That's awesome. That's extraordinary. That is not man. That is God moving through man. If that is you, even if you have questions about it, because I did before I got filled, if that's you, then we have people here that want to pray with you Let me see your hand if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit today. Awesome, Matt. Got you, man. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. I'm going to pray. Father, we thank you so much for this person that responded. Father, I thank you for Matt. Father, I thank you he's taking this step this morning. Father, I declare right now because he is reaching out by faith that the Holy Spirit fall on him. Father, I thank you that he is going to speak in other tongues. I thank you that when he meets with a prayer team member today, that that is going to happen. Father, we thank you that's another person who is your child that is filled with the power to be a powerful witness for your son Jesus. Father, we thank you for that right now. We count it done in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. What we're going to do right now is we're going to sing a song that's very near and dear to me. It's fairly new, it's gonna be new to you. But at this point, if you wanna use that mustard seed faith and come down front to receive your healing, then God is gonna move today and we're gonna lay hands on you. And as we're singing this song, maybe you're thinking, no, I'm not gonna go down, I've gone down a hundred times. Or if you're watching online and you're like, I've prayed a hundred times, doesn't matter today is a new day this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it because this is the day where he's gonna do that extraordinary thing where's that must receive faith if that's you as we're singing this song I want you to come down and receive it if that's you just watching online then I want you to get up out of your chair get up out of your bed and I want you to put your hand on that computer screen and I want you to listen and to receive what's about to happen and to sing this song by faith And as I'm down here and I'm laying hands on people, I'm also laying hands on you. We will see extraordinary things. Come down to the front and receive your healing today.